King, I'll uh, tell this story about myself before I go any farther. I was warned by somebody I loved, well, two somebodies I loved, to not move around too much up here because I might fall into the baptistry. <laughs> and, you know, the thing of it is, they're probably right. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of odd, but in a way it's not. The first two songs that the praise team sang today I sang this week, and you should be blessed because you didn't have to listen to me. <laughs> but so many times in my life, I had thoughts on my heart and, and things on my mind, and God's reinforced that thing. He, he's given me the strength to carry on. He's given me the strength to, to preach his word. My biggest fear about preaching is not you guys. All you can do is kill me. My biggest fear is that I'll put something in the message that is wrong. I never want to subvert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that is the power unto salvation. That is what brings people to Jesus Christ. That is what gives them eternal life. Not the messenger, but the message. That Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. And he will forgive you and keep you and preserve you. There's been times in, in my life that I've preached by letter. And you older people might know what I'm talking about when I say letter. I open my mouth and let her fly. Then there's other times God gives me specific passages to discuss and talk about and preach about. Today, I'm going to be talking about, if God willing, preaching the fourth chapter, the first, I think, the four or five ver verses of 2 Timothy. If you're familiar with that, you're going to say, oh, you're going to preach to the preachers this morning, aren't you? No, not just to the preachers. Because every one of us in here is a preacher. Every one of us. He says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is telling Timothy here, and he's also telling each and every one of us, I command you by the power of God and Jesus Christ. And he also goes on to say, he says, this is the authority that they command us by. He says, who shall judge the quick and the dead? You know, there is gods out there that don't judge you. You have to bring your offerings to them and then walk away. And they don't talk to you. They don't hear you. They don't see you. And they don't listen to you. But we have a God that listens to everything that you do or say. You know, think about that. That's an awesome thought. He's not only here with us this morning. He's out in California with that preacher that's bringing that gospel message too. We have a God that's everywhere 
and still in one place. We have a God that knows everything, and he knows anything. We have a God that can speak this world into existence. If you go back in, a, in Genesis, he says, let there be light. He didn't go out and form a ball and call it the sun. He says, let there be light. Dwell on that, the awesomeness of God, the power that God has to speak everything that you see around you into existence. Think about that. He is that good. He is that great. And he is that awesome. I refrain from using the word awesome for anything except for God. Because he is truly awesome. Truly, truly, truly. He says, at his appearing and his kingdom... I'm going to go into this just a little bit this morning. To me, that's two different times, at his appearing and at his kingdom. You know, think about this, church. There's going to come a time, and I don't think it's that far in the future, where Jesus is going to say, God's going to say, go get my children and bring them home. They're not going through the troubles that's going to come to this world. They're not going through that tribulation because they have accepted me as their personal Savior. And we're going to be judged because we're going to leave this world. And think about that, what that means. We're going to leave this place of, of torment, pain, and suffering, and all the things that goes on, and we're going to go to heaven. And then there's going to be his kingdom on the final judgment. So he has the authority. He has the power to command us. In the second verse, Paul saying, preach the word. Preach the word. You say, well, how do I preach the word? I have never been to seminary. I'm not called to preach. How do I preach the word? St. Francis of Assisi once said, and I think I'm right on that. If I'm wrong, please correct me. He says, preach every day. Preach everywhere you go. And if necessary, use words. Think about that. Your life, how you handle each and every situation, how you respond to people around you that revile you and say nasty and dirty things about you and lie on you, how you handle that is a gospel sermon. You say things. How many... I'm going to say this about myself. I'm not bragging on myself because I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But God gave me instances in my life that I can use. <coughs> One time I was working and, and going in and out of the back room. I worked in a produce department in a grocery store. And one of my co-workers, she was back there and she was moping around. She didn't have a smile on her face. And she seemed like the weight of the world was on our shoulders. And all I did was walk over to her and look at her, and I said, Norma, I love you. Do you think about that? People want to be loved. People want to be noticed. They want and desire love and affection. And I, want, I didn't say another word. I just took my cart of, of produce and went out on the floor and started going through the tables. 
And a little while later, I walked back in there, and she was all smiling and happy and just as cheerful as she could be. And I says, what happened? She says, you know what to say to people. No, I didn't know what to say to people. If it would have been within Dean, I'd have probably walked out and says, oh, well, she's in a bad mood. But God placed it in my heart. God places things in your heart. <coughs> he says, do this. Like I was telling, I think it was Brother Pete well ago, we was talking in Sunday school class this morning about having God on your heart and your mind all the time. And they was talking about, we can't possibly... Oh, but you can have, in a way, God on your heart and in your mind at all times. If you're out and you're doing something, and something inside you says, that is not right, that is wrong, and you turn away, guess who you had on your mind? You had God on your mind. So, preach the Word. Live for Jesus Christ. Lift His name up. You singers, you can go about your day. I'm not saying scream to the loud of your lungs, but you can have that song on your lips, that smile on your lips, knowing that Jesus Christ died for you. Be instant in season and out of season. There comes a time for all of us when you just don't feel like it. You've got troubles in your heart. You've got troubles on your mind. You don't feel good. You didn't sleep well the night before. That's when it's not in season. And when it comes up, you do good. You've preached the word. You're ready to do it then. Then we go to reprove. You know, this was a hard word for me to, to really get my grips around. But that's not prove something over and over and over again. That's convince somebody through your life, through your actions, that they need Jesus Christ as their Savior. And also, it is to, with love, to help someone that is struggling with living for Christ. To gently correct them with love. Then he says rebuke. People say, well, you shouldn't call that sin out. That's not right. Brother Clayton Brooks and I was talking yesterday. There was a time, and not that many years ago, that preachers would call sin out. If you was doing something wrong, they may have not have called your name. But they would have said, someone in here is living in adultery. Someone in here is doing sin, and they know it. They called out. And they also called out the leaders of our cities and our states and our country. They didn't let the things go on that was going on in our world today without criticizing it. They didn't have the power to change it but they had the power to bring it to people's attention. So when you rebuke someone, do it with love. Do it with sound doctrine. Do it with knowing what you have in your heart is from God. Never, ever go to someone out of spite or hatred, 
because you're just going to push them away and you may never get them back. Exhort. Lift them up. How many times has a pat on the back helped you? How many times have you been, been down and out and someone just walk up to you and, and say, you look like you need a hug? Or pat them on the back or, boy, that was a good sermon you preached or that was a great lesson that I heard today. You know, preachers and teachers need a pat on the back every once in a while too. It helps them. With all long-suffering and doctrine. You know, those two things are very, very important. With patience and doctrine, knowing that what you have is biblical. Make sure that you are right before you go to someone and correct them. Make sure you are right. Pray about it. Don't just do it just to be doing it. For the time will come. You know, we're living in that time right now. We're living in a, in a day and age where if you stand up and say adultery is wrong, if you stand up and say abortion is wrong or same-sex marriage is wrong or the homosexual agenda is wrong, they won't listen to you. As a matter of fact, they will probably almost stone you. The time has come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We are living in a last days. I believe that we're going to be home in a very short period of time. But after their own lust, their own desires, you know the thoughts and intents of man's heart is evil. If left alone, we're evil. And I don't mean to put anybody down. That's just a fact of life. If you didn't have the restraining power of God, what would you do? Think about it. If you're out there and, and somebody walks up to you and least little thing bumps into you, if you didn't have God in your heart, you may thump them back. It's just that, just that simple. But when you go to someone, have sound doctrine in your heart. Teachers, their teachers don't have itching ears. If you read that real quick, you would think the teachers have itching ears. No, we're the one that has itching ears. How many people likes to be told you did something wrong? If you do, then you're in a, in a real, 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 real small minority because nobody wants to be called out. So if a teacher's out there and, and they tell you what you want to hear and, and say what you want them to say, then you will flock to them. In this last verse, it says, they will turn away their ears from the truth. Isn't that what's going on in our world today? They won't listen to the truth. They want people to lie to them, to make them feel good. And we have a, I'm going to be blunt, we have a bunch of preachers in this world that's leading churches 
to help. It, the prosperity gospel is a doctrine straight from the devil. If God wanted us to be rich, every one of us would be driving a gold-plated Mercedes-Benz. But he don't want us to be rich because he knows, isn't that a great, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows that if we had everything we wanted, everything we needed, and we didn't have to depend on him for anything, guess what? We wouldn't. We wouldn't depend on God. He wants us to look to him for what we need. The Lord's prayer is a great prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say give us this day our Mercedes or give us that mansion on a hilltop. He asked for what was necessary for that day. I beg of you this morning, and I'm looking back at myself too. I've always said, see those fingers there? I got one pointing away, and how many do I have pointing back? Three. Anytime somebody points their fingers at you, guess what? It's pointing back at them also. So I beg of you this morning, live for Jesus Christ. Lift his name up. You don't have to have a pulpit to preach in. You don't have to stand on a street corner or on a soapbox and holler, and Jesus Christ loves you. Every day we have the possibility, we have the example, we have the opportunity to come to Jesus Christ and let his love shine through each and every one of you. Lift up his name. Read his word. Study his word. Take it in. Devour it. Put it in your heart. Nobody's going to force feed you the gospel. No one's going to force feed you the Bible. You've got to do it yourself. If you want a better walk with Jesus Christ, put your heart into it. You're as good a Christian as you want to be. You're as good a soul winner as you want to be. You're as good of a singer as you want to be. So preach the word. Lift the name of Jesus Christ up. And let the world see him through you. Brother, I feel I've said what God wanted me to say. I hope it helps someone. Uh, somebody was supposed to give some Bibles out. Right <laughs>